What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you are safe and well. Uh, like I said in, in last week's episode, we are we are now in May of 2020, and when you look back in the history books, such a great time to be alive, such an interesting time to be alive. Uh, we are actually in the middle of a, of a worldwide pandemic, which has been interesting. I've had quite a few friends impacted by this. So my brothers and sisters, I hope you are safe and healthy and well. Take care of yourself. Invest in yourself and invest in uh, loving each other. So uh, I made you a promise at the beginning of the year that this is the year of interviews. And I say it every show. I'm so excited about the show. I'm getting to meet new people, make new friends, and it's been awesome. And today I have with me who I think is going to become a dear friend in life. Mr. Jude Charles. Jude, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you for having me, Mitch. It's definitely a pleasure to be here and looking forward to this fun conversation. Ah, awesome. If you're watching on YouTube later, uh, you'll get to see, see Jude's uh, smiling face and his, give, his inspiration he, as he gives it to us. And uh, I think we're going to get into some really cool stuff today. So a little about Jude to our listeners. Jude is a story-driven filmmaker and brand strategist. And I found Jude via a website that I can't think of the name of right now, podcast.com or something, I don't know. Podcastguest.com. There you yeah. go, yeah. And I was, I was, I was mulling through all these uh, potential people to, to book, and under Jude's name, it said storyteller. And I'm like, enough, that's all I need. <laughs> That's all yeah. I need. My listeners know that uh, I love the power of story. Uh, so, Jude, man, for over 13 years, you've been producing documentaries and videos for clients, and it's story-driven, and you like to dig down deep into the story, the stuff no one else knows. And I yeah. watched some of your videos, and let me call you an unearther, <laughs> the person that unearths things. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, Jude, from some things that I haven't said yet. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm also realizing this is going to be a very special episode. Yeah. You don't know this, but tomorrow is actually the 14th year anniversary of me starting um, the business. And But I'll take you back to the very, very beginning, because this, this, for me, the love of storytelling, the power of storytelling started when I was eight years old. I wasn't the kid who was like outside playing basketball or football. I wasn't the kid even inside playing video games. Um, instead, I was locked in my room writing 100-page books. Ah. And these books weren't just like anything. They were what I thought my future life would look like. So I wrote books like The Baseball Life of Jude Charles or The Police Life of Jude Charles because at one point I wanted to be a police officer. Um, and all I wrote 11 books. Okay, and, wait, wait, wait. I got to stop yeah, you, my man. Yeah. How old are you at this time? <laughs> Eight, so at that time, I was eight years old. Between eight and 12, I was writing these books. And you're right. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so once I got into high school, I took this class, TV production class, um, and I started playing around with cameras. And I wanted to learn how do I take these stories that I had been writing and turn them into video. Um, my teacher at the time, Ms. Donnelly, uh, saw that I had a special interest in video production um, and decided that she would teach me everything that she knew about video production, broadcasting, storytelling. And at the end of my junior year, I was uh, 17 years old, May 5th, 2006. Actually, the day before, May 4th, 2006, she looks at me and she says, Jude, you should, you're really, really talented at this. You should start a business. And at the time, I knew nothing about starting a business, being an entrepreneur. Um, I am the last of 10 children. Wow. None of them are uh, uh, entrepreneurs. My parents, my dad worked in, in construction for 30 years. My mom worked at a chair factory. So I didn't know anything about starting a business. Right. But the following day, May 5th, 2006, she came into the classroom. She handed me a yellow envelope. And I said, what is this? And she said, take a look inside. And when I looked inside this yellow envelope, it was my first set of business cards. Ah. And May 5th, 2006 is when I started the business, started a video production business, and began to uh, make money telling stories, right? And yes, yes. it was exciting. It was exciting. I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but it was exciting right. to get that started on that day. 
Um, I want to say something else that's amazing. This is National Teacher Appreciation Week. Yes. <laughs> beginning today. So that is Miss Donnelly, wherever you are, thank you for giving the gift of encouragement to your students. So, ah, that is amazing. At eight years old, you're writing a hundred page books. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Please tell me you still have those. I do still have them. Yes. I have the, the original, the original, um, cause I wrote it down in like notebooks or yeah. like wide world paper. So I still have that. Yeah. Um, I've actually been looking at it cause here's, here's a funny fact. Um, in one of the books, I predicted that my fifth grade girlfriend would come back into my life years later. And that actually happened. The, the girl that I'm dating right now uh, is a friend that I had back in elementary school and, and we're back together. So, yeah, it's it's magical. though. And that's, you know, we'll dig into this, but that's yes. what the power of story yes. can do. It's like there's one piece that's just internal. It's all about the story that you tell yourself. Yes. But then there's the other piece, obviously, we'll get into, which is the business side of storytelling but um yeah yeah i still have those books and I, i've been looking i've been reading them lately because i've been doing a lot of podcasts and of course i get asked about it so yeah um it's taking me down memory lane for sure yeah you literally just read my mind you said exactly <laughs> what i was going to say the power of story i'm going to use a word that most people most people use in religious terms i think it's a universal term the power of story is prophetic yeah yeah and absolutely. Actually, our, our episode last week with my friend Kylie Johnson, we talked about how to like yourself and the mm -hmm. internal conversation that constantly happens. And I thought a lot about that this week. In fact, our feature video uh, on social media last week was about what story are you telling yourself? What voices are you listening to? Yeah. Because the story you're telling or taking part in is going to come true. Right. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to come true. So let's back up a little bit. You you start at what seventeen, eighteen years old, is that right? You started seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. So did you jump right into it? Did you go to college? Like where did that path take you as it unfolded? Sure. So seventeen years old, junior in high school is when I started the business. Um I graduated two thousand seven from high school and I did get into college. I went to Lane University, um, here in Boca. So I'm from Pompano Beach, Florida, but okay. here in Boca. Um, went to Lane University, but I only went for the first year. By, this, by the end of my first year, I'd gotten a big contract from the city of Pompano Beach, which is the city where I live in. And it was to do their 100-year documentary. They were celebrating 100 years of being um, a city, and they wanted to tell the story from different people who had what they called early settlers or early pioneers. And I told myself, look, I can't do the documentary and go to school. So I said, I'll take a year off. I told my family that I'll take a year off. Um, but what ended up happening is I just never went back to school because I loved I loved being yeah. in the trenches and I was already making money, so it didn't make yeah. sense to me to go back to school. But as I alluded to earlier, I struggled. I struggled in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about marketing and sales or how to charge the right prices, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so the first five years were brutal. It was extremely, right. extremely hard. Um, and it wasn't until like, there was this day that um, I woke up, I think it was about seven o'clock in the morning I woke up and I woke up to the sound of chains. And at the time, like it had always been a nightmare for me right. to hear these chains. Right. But where the, what the chains were, were uh, a tow truck driver coming to repossess my car. Ah. And so I pleaded with him, I ran outside and I pleaded with him, please, please, just like, just act like you didn't see it. Just, just please. <laughs> right. And of course he had a job to do, yeah. he did it. And so I went back inside and I remember sitting in my room and I was just like, all right, this isn't, this isn't life for me right now. Like this, this isn't possible because this had been the second time that my car had been taken within eight months. Right. And I struggled to, to make income. I struggled to make money. And I was just like, you know what? I've, I've had a good five year run. Um, you know, I gave it a shot. It's not meant to be, you know, let me just, let me, let me, maybe I need to go back to school. And, um, in this moment that I'm sitting here, like sitting on my bed, edge of my bed, I get a phone call from a client that I had at the time. Her name was Keisha Dior. And Keisha Dior, I had been creating a documentary series with her about her building her cosmetic company from the ground up. And at that point, we had been working together for about 11 or 12 months. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to pick up this call right now because I'm already thinking about calling it quits. Like, right. should I really pick this up? And so I, I decided to pick up the phone. I'm like, hello? And she's like, Jude, Jude, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. I'm like, 
what happened, Keisha? And she said, you know, I've been doing this business and we put out the documentary and, and it's been a year and I just got off the phone with my account and he said, we made a million dollars. And I, I remember looking at the phone like, this isn't real life. Like, this is happening right now in this moment that I'm thinking about quitting. Like, I've been struggling for five years to make money and here's a client who's only been at this for a year. Right, right. Telling me she's made a million dollars. And I, I remember thinking to myself, you know what, there's only two routes this can go. I can definitely quit and give up. But for the very first time, I, I found out what was possible. Like, yes. if she can make a million dollars in a year, what's the difference between me and her? And it wasn't about like, okay, she was selling cosmetic products online and I was selling a service. Right. I just realized like I had a behind the scenes view of everything that she did every single day for her business. Yes. And I knew I wasn't doing the same things. Yes. And so I knew in that moment I needed to get out of my own way to be able to ask for help, to be able to, to really figure out what is sales and marketing. Um, and I, I took a year off. I continued to work with Keisha, but I took a year off from taking on other clients to do just that. Hmm. I was like, I'm going to be committed to learning sales and marketing because this is, I can win at this. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I had a great um, success story in Keisha yeah. that we created a documentary for her and she made money from it, right? And so, yeah, that, that took me through this journey of not only figuring out sales and marketing, but also understanding that I could make money from creating documentaries and documentary series for clients. And so that's, that's been the journey of like getting to this point where I am now 14 years later, um, being able to talk to you on a podcast today, yeah. Yeah, think about the miraculous power of hope. Yes. And I've told people that for years and told myself that, that when you lose hope, Mm. you lose everything. Yeah. And in in that moment, you're letting go of hope, but you really didn't have it yet. No. And then all of a sudden it comes in like a, like a, like a, you know, a knight in shining armor saying, no, 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 wait a second, wait a second. There's something there. That's. That's the phone call, man. That is, uh, I, I've had phone calls in my life that have been rescuing phone calls. And um, it's this idea of the ringing. You know, you wake up from the nightmare and the phone rings and it's there to save you. Yeah. And, ah, yeah. The it's power. so magical because, you know, you see it on TV and you yes. never think it's going to happen in yes. real life. Yes. You never think it's going to happen in real life. But, but, but the yeah. kick is, here's the catalyst, though. The catalyst is so many people never put themselves in a position to need hope. Wow. Yeah. Comfortability yeah. does not allow room for hope. Convenience doesn't allow. The only thing that allows room for hope is desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and when you're in a moment of desperation, that's when you can recognize and open the door to hope. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that that's very powerful what you just said there, because if I wasn't, if I wasn't desperate in that moment, I think I would have I would have left that situation bitter. Yes. I think after getting that phone call from her, I would have I would have been bitter because quite honestly, I didn't get paid as much as Keisha to, to make her documentary, <laughs> right. Right? right? Right. And so I could have left that moment bitter like, you know, she's made a ton of money from the work we've done together. Instead, I looked at it as an opportunity to learn and yeah. say that I can shift this. Like obviously, I have a talent and yes. I'm great at that talent. How can I shift this so that it becomes a different story in my mind? It's not this story of, you know, clients don't want to pay or it's not a story of, of uh, you know, I can't find the right clients. It's a story of I've got to do more work. I, I forget his name now. It's, his name is escaping me. But there's a great motivational speaker that says, um, don't wish. I think it's Zig Ziglar. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Yes. Yes. And um, in that moment, that's what I felt is like. I just need to be better and get out of my own way. Yeah. Yeah. Because the interesting thing is you were in school the whole time. Yes. Well, I just, just not traditional school. You were in, you were, you were in school the whole, and and that's what, that's what I really want people, especially young people. You know, the mold that we tell young people is graduate high school, go to college. And uh, anytime I work with teenagers, I'm like, okay, that's good for some. Right. But you're in school the whole time and you were being taught um, by a client of what this can look like. And that, mm-hmm. that is invaluable, man. That is invaluable. 
Yeah, and I hadn't realized it until that phone call. Yes. Like I said, I had seen her behind the scenes every single day. Like, So at the time, what Keisha used was Twitter. And every single day, there was not a day that didn't go by where she wasn't posting new pictures or you know, communicating with, with people that had bought her products. Um, so I had seen the behind the scenes. I just didn't understand how I can take what I was seeing, take what I was learning in school, right, yeah, and yeah. apply it to real life, to my own life. Um, that was a powerful application to be able to take what is happening in somebody else's industry and in, in somebody else's world and apply it to your own. Um, yeah, it's been magical for me because I've taken that moment and I've looked at, I, I don't look at what my industry does, film right. industry. Right. I thank look at, what thank you. Other, <laughs> thank <yeah>. you. <laughs> yeah. I look at what other industries are doing and look at, okay, how can I apply it to yes what I'm doing and, and how does it make sense and, and how do I sell it to a client because yes. they aren't used to this, right. right? This is new to them. So how do I position in a way that it benefits them and they, they get to see the, the full picture and the full vision of, of what I'm selling to them? So yeah. Well, what we know about business people is they're very surface and that's not <laughs> a negative statement. I think all of us, when it comes to business, it's easy to stay in the shallow water and yep. really what you're offering is, okay, but the real genesis of what you're doing in business begins in the deep water. And we got to swim out there for a little bit to really right. get something that is going to make a difference to clientele. Right. And yeah. that, takes, that takes a special person, man, to be able to tell a business owner or uh, you know anyone, as I look at your portfolio and see the clients you've worked with, it yeah. takes a skill to go to those people and say, okay, we want to make you human. Yes. We want your clientele to see you as human, your deficiencies, your benefits and everything, not just the surface. And that, that, that to me is your biggest talent. That to me, I mean, you've got a great personality and everything, but when I read through that and hear your stories, I'm like, okay, the greatest talent you have is being a connector. Yes. And yeah, it is. It, it is. And it's, it's, you said it perfectly. Um, I think it's a testament to the kind of work that I do and because I don't actually mention that on the website, right. but the one goal that I have for any documentary or documentary series that I create for my client is to make them human. Yes. What yes. are their quirks? What are their, what makes them tick? What are funny phrases that they say? I don't want them to be polished. I want them to be completely vulnerable. Yes. Um, you know, I, I just wrapped up a uh, part two of a documentary series that I'm creating right now for a client. And in it, we're, we talk about her, uh, her relationship with her husband. Mm-hmm. And she's she's a business coach and very confident um, business coach. But there's a part of her story where she says uh, this husband that she's now with is like a godsend. He's he's the perfect guy. Right. But in the beginning of their relationship, she tried to sabotage it mm, yes. because because in her mind, the story that she told herself is that good men don't come, don't love you and they don't stay. They come and go. Oh. Right. Yeah. But that line in itself takes this polished business coach that's confident and and loving and all those things but it also shows her faults that she could have ruined this guy that loved her that wanted to marry her she could have ruined it because of the story that she told herself so yeah it's it's those small things that make us a little bit more human that allow people to feel so deeply connected to us now they are our friends now they are our our um you know people that I use a, a phrase where I often say, you know, people tell us to build relationships with our clients, but the way we build relationships in our in in real life and the way we build it with it's clients, not, no, we build two different it's, things. It's two different things, right? <laughs> yeah. The reason why your friend will get up at three three a.m. in the morning when you call him and say you have an emergency, and he'll rush over without even asking what the emergency is, is the same way we should be building it with our clients. But the way that you do that is to make yourself more human, make yourself more vulnerable, um, so that people will trust you. Right. Because yes. it's all about trust. Yes. And so, yeah, I love that you were able to pick up on that because that's is it's exactly what I'm looking to do is make the client more human. Yes. Um, and take away that polished only talk about what you sell. No, there's other things that get us to do business with people that we know, like and trust. Yeah. Well, and, and, it's, and it's a different time and place. If you look back, you know, you look from the industrial age and you move on and go through the 1950s and 60s and you know, the 1970s is when revolution in America started culturally kind of taking shape. 
But you look at that and it's like, okay, you know, the man is the head of the household. He goes to work every day and he has to be polished. The mom stays home and cooks, you know. And that's kind of the story that was told in America, especially. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, when social media hit, you know, right now, as, as 7 million people are every Sunday night, I'm into, you know what I'm about to say, probably. I'm into yeah. The Last Dance, you know, the Bulls yep. documentary. But yep. the amazing thing is you look at that nap, that then when there was no social media and how iconic Michael Jordan was. Could you yeah. imagine it now? And to me, what social media has done is it has forced people to be human. Yes. Because there's always a camera on you. There's always someone filming. There's always yeah. someone doing something. And, the, and I think the challenge became the industrialized segment of America did not keep up with the human shift that happened in the social media age. Mm, And that's the selling point is shifting the expectation of, hey, Mr. CEO, it's actually not good for you to be polished. Right. It's actually good for you to wear your shirt untucked every once in a while. You get where I'm going with that? It's kind of, and that's a sell, man. That is a sell. And so good on you, man. Good on you for being able to to see that. And, And that's a very visionary process. Yeah, it is. I mean, at the time that I was doing it, 2000. So when I first started doing it with Keisha, it was 2009. Uh, we we started filming. We didn't release a documentary until 2010. But at that time, no one else had really. They weren't doing that. Yeah. Um, I'd like to take most of the credit for that, but I think it was also part of it was Keisha too, right? Like, because I pitched. So when Keisha first came to me, she wanted to do a, a vlog series, YouTube vlog series, and I said I wasn't into that. And so I right. pitched her um, doing a documentary series and what that would look like. And she agreed to it, but not only did she agree to it, she also agreed to being open and allowing me to film everything. So I think, yeah, for sure, part of it was me, just in knowing that I wanted to be able to show a different side of her, but it was also her being willing to say, okay, I don't know what, I don't really understand what's happening here, but I'll allow you to do it. I'll trust your vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what's crazy is we we approach something like a documentary or, uh, you know, producing marketing stuff, brand strategy, and it's like, well, it needs to be perfect. And I tell people constantly, I'm not mm-hmm. in it for perfect, perfection. I, pro- process over perfection is kind of my go-to saying. I want yeah. things to be human. I want them to be raw. I think that's what people relate to. But it's a really difficult mind shift to go, well, the marketing world tells us editing, perfection, good makeup, good lighting. <laughs> and you're offering vulnerability and rawness and seeing you get up in the morning with no makeup on. I mean, that is a totally different thing, but that's the, where the empowerment lies. Yes. The empowerment lies in the raw human nature of all of us, of all of yes. us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The raw human nature of it. I mean, when we think about making deep human connections, um, the way we make connections is through our stories. Mm-hmm. Right. The way I started this podcast telling you that I started this business as a 17 year old or, or even the fact that I started writing as an eight year old kid. It's through our stories. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to take a, a it, I know that I love that you love talking about stories, but I want to take a basic approach to storytelling so sure. that everyone can understand it, because story is a buzzword right now for a lot of people. Right. But many people still don't understand what the concept of a story is or or how to do it in everyday life, because it's not just about when you're in front of the camera. It's when you're having a conversation, too. Right. Yes. Um, Story at its most basic level, elementary level, is about a very specific moment in time. That's it. When we think of like our parents, when they were reading bedtime stories to us, they told us about this character, Mm. a challenge that they had to go through. That was a very specific moment. So it wasn't just facts it wasn't just um you know like jude is a filmmaker and he's been doing this for 13 years those are just facts that's not my story though right my story is i started this i used to lock myself in a room every day after school at eight years old and i would write Mm -hmm. my story is that day that mrs donnelly handed me the yellow envelope and it gave me the courage to start a business Mm -hmm. like those are specific moments in time that allows us to connect that allows us to see the person that we're having a conversation with in a different light. And I want to make sure to have that clear yes. understanding because I think when we talk about making connections, when we talk about making people human, yes, and we talk about being vulnerable and not being polished, I'm not here saying, yeah, it's been 14 years and I knew what I was doing from the day I started, <laughs> right. or the fact that, you know, I was a 17-year-old and I just 
of course i just went after it no a person gave me courage to go after it yes um and that's that's the part of the story that i want to make sure people understand but that's the part that makes us more human as well and so i want to make sure we we also clarify that because it's not just coming from this conversation saying man that was a great inspiring conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want each and every person listening to this to feel empowered to say oh i know how to tell stories now mm-hmm. because it's about a very specific moment in time it's not about we've been in this business for 20 plus years and we strive <laughs> one that i love is i always hear clients say we strive to have integrity in our business yeah what does that, does that what does that mean what does that even what does mean? That mean yeah right yeah. exactly and so i think over time people have complicated storytelling and, mm-hmm. and of course there's story structure and those different things but mm-hmm. if you think about story in that way very specific moment in time then it can change a lot especially i mean just simple things like a bio or like um videos that you create on on instagram like those things can change when you decide to tell about a very specific moment in time yeah because let's let's take that even deeper right so to the listener right now i would say where have you connected to the story we've told today so here's an example when you were telling the story about being eight years old writing hundred page stories um, my immediate connection was imagination Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I was the kid at eight years old using my imagination and creating things and doing things. And that's always, you know, when I was 10 years old, um, I had this, the only way I could encapsulate it at that time, because it was my frame of reference, but I had this vision that was basically from God saying, Mm -hmm. you're going to speak to people and inspire people. And that became my life calling at 10 years old. Wow. And you talk about a critical story that has guided both my my aspect in life, my perspective. It's also guided my frustration (laughs) because it set this expectation that oftentimes I haven't been able to live up to, Mm. which leads us to another part of the story that leads us to more situations in life, specific moments that have been watershed moments, all because of what happened at 10 years old. Right, and so yep. my question to listeners would be: the would be the power of story is not in what's being told, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but rather in what's being connected with. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and Brian McDonald, Brian McDonald is a, a famous storyteller. He wrote a book called Invisible Ink, but that's what you're talking about now. It's the Invisible Ink. Mm-hmm. It's the words that are being said, but there's a deeper meaning. There's a deeper yes. connection. That's that. Like you said, imagination is what connects that yes. for you. Um, yeah, it's invisible ink. It's the things. It's almost like the things we don't say that that speak the loudest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and 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 it's even, it's even. It, it's there's two elements to that. Number one, what we don't say. Number two, the reverse of that is what the listener hears. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> an interesting form of communication. And you know that from filmmaking and from telling stories right. of clients is is we do have a specific thing we want the listener to hear. Right. The yeah. problem is that's uncontrollable. Yes, yeah, it is. (laughs) But that's the power of the humanness of getting inside a specific time and place. Is it all? It it almost like I view it as it almost like pulls the shells off of our eyes and goes, "Oh, (laughs) that's the ticket. That's what they're telling me." Which is why commercials always relate to feelings and emotions. Yes. Yep. It's never about selling a product. It's about feelings and emotions, which will in turn lead to buying a product. And that's just the basics marketing 101. And so, so let's talk about this. Um, To me, one of the first things I noticed that I think is a little bit different um, because I've visited with, you know, documentary makers and marketing people that talk about video making to me, what really stood out to about you before we even talked was you have kept a form of creativity and art that is very organic to your approach. Yes. Um, you're not as formulaic. You're much more yeah. relatable. You're much more human, which I think is just you being true to yourself. Right. But how does that play, man? You're building a business. You're working with clients. Your business is growing. How do you stay? Because I have a lot of artist listeners out there from musicians to writers to to painters to entrepreneurs. They're creatives. And I think one of the hard things about being an entrepreneur is hanging on to that true self, that creativity. How does that work for you? 
That's a great question that honestly hasn't been asked before. Um, how does... I don't know that I've thought... Of, I'll, I'll just be honest and, and vulnerable in this moment. I don't know that I've thought about it before. I think it's always just been intuitive for me. I, it's a, Not to use um, a word that obviously is relevant right now, but it's, it's a dance for me, right? Yes. Because I'm creating something for my client. Yes. But I also want it to represent my brand and the kind of work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a dance. And I think, I think how I've been able to manage that dance is, is I ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And I, I um, make it clear to the client that this is going to be something that's a collaboration. So what I mean by that is when I start the process of creating these documentaries or documentary series for a client, it is through a, what I call a road mapping session. Yes. So I get very clear on where are we going with this. Let's come up with a plan. The same way you can't build a house without a blueprint, mm-hmm. we can't do this without a roadmap. I can make a cool video and that's one thing, but if the video doesn't actually help you achieve anything for your business, then I haven't really done my job because you've spent quite a lot of money with me, but you haven't yes. gotten any results from it. Right. So I start with a road mapping session. In road mapping, we get very clear on the stories that you tell. Mm whether they're important. We get very clear on where you're headed in your business and, and why this is important now to tell your story in this way. Mm-hmm. We get very clear on your core values. What are they? What do they look like? Why are these your core values? We get very clear on your philosophies. What is time? What is money? What does um, religion mean to you? Mm-hmm. Different things like that. And, um, and I'm also getting to learn them, learn more about them as far as their quirks and different things like we talked about, vulnerability, yes. right? Yes. Um, but the entire time, and I mentioned this to them in the very first meeting that I had with them, I'm a detective. Mm-hmm. Right? One thing that I loved to do when I was growing up is I loved watching TV shows with um, drama TV shows with my dad. My dad loved shows like Cops mm-hmm. or uh, NYPD Blue or uh, uh, I can't remember any of the other ones. But, that, but the thing that I loved is that you started the story seeing the murder scene or seeing certain things that happened. And then over time, you're you're getting views of the evidence right when we think of law and order law and order is both about the police work but also the evidence that has to be represented right right i'm looking for the truth so when i look for that evidence i'm looking for the truth and i'm having these conversations with my clients and that's where it becomes a dance like hey this is what i think we should do based on xyz right and and i'm asking for that permission to also allow me to be creative allow me to say this is what I think we should do, but I may change it later on too. Right, right. I may find something brand new that you don't even know that we haven't even talked about, but I need you to trust me on this, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's a dance. O- overall, I think it's a dance. I think it's, I'm a creative for sure, um, but I'm also not naive to think that the client will be okay with any and everything that I do. Um, so I think it's a dance where I'm telling them in advance, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting their permission and saying it's okay for me to do that, right? I'm building that relationship with them. I'm telling them a little bit more about me and how I work my process. Um, and so that when I do create this documentary and they feel, I've had clients that felt like that. They felt like, wow, should I really be sharing this? <laughs> right. Right? Right, right. I, I, um, I just worked on a six-part documentary series with a client. Uh, her name is Tracy Lynn, and she runs a jewelry company. Um, very successful, very, very successful nationwide company. And, but she had never shared parts of her life before. She had been in business for 25 years at that point, and she had never shared certain parts of her story. Mm. Um, things like about motherhood, like her son right now is 14. She started later in life with having kids, um, but she has one son that's 14. And she says something, there's a line that we have in one of the series where she says, you know, I feel like I've spent so much time trying to save the world at one jewelry piece at a time, but I haven't put enough into my son. He's 14 uh, now. Uh. He is 14 now. He only has four years left, and I'm rushing. I feel like I'm rushing to tell him everything that he needs to know. Um, but but the, there's another piece that we put in where it's really behind the scenes. It's um, We're in the middle of an interview, and the son um, kind of interrupts, but as he's going back upstairs, she asks him, she's like, do you think I've been a good mother? Mm. He's like, what? <laughs> he's mm. almost thrown off by the question. She's like, do you think I've been a good mother? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you know, even though I'm not there all the time. He's like, yeah. 
And it's that moment, wow. that moment of vulnerability, right? Um, it's things like that that we put in the documentary that she's almost like, should I really be showing this? Yes. Right? Because it's a part of a life that many people, many people don't even know about, have never yeah. seen, right? Because they only see the jewelry, they only see her on stage, different things like that. But um, yeah, I think it's it's asking for permission and then being able to tell the client yeah, I think people will love to see this because that will bring it home for them that, mm-hmm. yeah, you're successful, mm-hmm. but you're also still a mother and you also still have all these other things that you're fighting and battling and doing because you're human. And yeah. so, um, yeah, as a creative, it hasn't been easy for sure. Right. But I think I think for me, what I look at it as is a dance. I look at trying to communicate my vision. That was something I needed to learn, too. Yes. Uh, with Keisha, like going back to those days, the first five years learning how to communicate my vision yes in a way that the client can understand and where they'll begin to trust me because now they they trust that i have a vision right i think that's what some creatives do not understand about um when it's when you're working with a client it's the trust that you even have a vision yes. that you're not gonna go run wild with this right um which is one of the reasons why i created road mapping road mapping i took from a graphic design industry i've seen a graphic design company doing it um and I decided, well, I kind of need that in my business, too. And so I implemented it in my business as well. But, but yeah, I think it's a dance. Yeah. Overall, it's a dance. Yeah. I, I, ironically, I haven't seen The Last Dance yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But I can imagine that's one of the reasons they chose the title, because Michael Jordan was the best NBA player, especially at that time. Yeah. Um, and I know there were clashes that he had with his coaches with being the best player and things like that. So I, I can imagine it's the same way with creatives, where... We do believe we're the best. We know what we're doing, but we have to be able to communicate that and have and have that conversation with our clients. I love the idea of permission. And, yeah. you know, I have this thing in life that I, I actually think all of us in one form or function need to be given permission. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of that inner child work that we have to go through that we just carry that with us into adulthood yeah. and through life. And really, that's what you're doing for your clients is you're giving them permission that, hey, it's okay. It's okay to be human. It's okay because at the end of the day, when we really look at the realness of life, money doesn't exist. Business doesn't exist. When you go to bed at night, all there is are, are you and your thoughts. Yep. That's all, that's, that's all that exists. And I think the more people can see that all of us go to bed the same way, we think the same things, we have the same struggles, we're on a much different playing field um, than people realize. And and that's what's amazing about what you're doing is you're helping empower these business owners to tell that piece of the story that we're, that, that's been missing. It's been missing in the marketplace. And uh, I would say I've never seen your road mapping, but I do know from seeing some of your testimonials, that is the one common thread that is in almost every testimonial is like, yeah, his road mapping is on point. So I was like, okay, his road mapping must be on point because everyone says it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's the way we start. And I think it's also the blueprint, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm mixing analogies here with blueprint and road mapping, but it's the blueprint. It allows us yeah. to know where we're headed. We're, we're, um, I often say we're setting the GPS the same way you get, you grab out your phone and you say, this is the final destination and it, it starts you from where you are now. That's what I do, and I think the reason why clients appreciate road mapping so much is because it allows them to feel comfortable, it allows them to say, well, we have a plan, yeah. and we're following that plan. Even if we deviate a little bit off of that plan, like I didn't, I didn't go into Tracy Lynn's documentary thinking about showing her vulnerability with her son. I did think about talking about motherhood, but I didn't know that scene would happen, right? right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I think road mapping is the, is the key because it, it allows me to really... I like to go really deep yes. with my clients, yes. and I really like to understand who they are at a core, core level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it allows me to do that in the very first month, just about, right. where we go through that road mapping process, um, which then allows me to, to truly show them as a human being, shows them the way I see them, really. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not showing anything that I haven't like, experienced myself, that I haven't seen, um, even when the camera wasn't rolling. Right. right? Like I knew of some of the struggles that she had with being a mother i knew that she was trying to spend more time with her son but i didn't know how deep it went until i asked the question right um so yeah road mapping is pretty powerful it, it's it is the key that unlocks everything else that i do 
And if I don't start with it, I've had I've tried this before. If yeah. I don't start with road mapping, the project falls apart. Yeah, and yeah. so that's why, yeah, that's why I believe in it so much. That's why my clients believe in it so much. Well, when you have a foundation, then you can pivot. Oh, yeah. If you have yeah. no foundation, you can't pivot. And nope. so when you lay that foundation, as the story unfolds, you can go, oh, wait a second. There's that room in the house? Yeah, we need to go explore that. But if that foundation doesn't exist, you have nothing to explore and you can't pivot from, from it. And I think that's, to me, the, the emptiness of marketing 101, businesses, mm -hmm. quote, telling their story. To me, the emptiness of it is there's no foundation to it. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah. there's been this formula thrown out there that everyone's used for decades. And they say, you know, here's the formula, plug in your stuff. And it's like a plug and play. The problem with plug and play is it, become, it becomes dehumanized. Yeah, yeah. And what you're bringing to the table is, okay, let's pull the humanity back into the story. And let's, yeah. let's, and, and let's yeah. make, I would love to see, and I'm sure you probably know, but I would love to see how the work that you've partnered with clients in has dictated their future marketing. Because <laughs> It always does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my guess is it's got to play a powerful role. I mean, if I'm a company and I go through your program, I'm like, okay, all the stuff we did before... <laughs> <laughs> scratch it we've recreated yeah. something that's really really cool and and very um relatable and so that would be an interesting follow-up at some point in time to to maybe we'll do another show where we can talk about yeah. you know, okay what happens from here and i think that would be cool for people um yeah. to people to hear I'll, I'll tell a really quick um analogy uh, not analogy but antidote to that uh i did do that 2013 i remember the client because he was one of my best clients um interior designer and we had done this project, it was a campaign, story campaign, four videos, I believe. And after I finished the video campaign, delivered it to him, I said, man, I looked at this whole thing and I'm just he, just, he said, from the very first time he watched it, he kept thinking to himself, we don't look like this. Mm -hmm. Like when people come to our website, they don't see this that you have created. Yeah. He redid his entire website because yeah. of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, can, we can definitely have fun talking about different stories and how I've seen yeah. People change their not only their bit like their marketing, but change their business model as well. So, yeah. but that's a yeah, that's a much longer conversation. That's a whole other hour long conversation or longer. <laughs> yeah. We may have to have parts two and three coming <laughs> coming up. But right, but yeah, I know yeah. some of our listeners are you know business owners, entrepreneurs, people that may be considering, um, you know, at, at just on the foundational level, reimagining how they're telling their story. But hopefully, at some point, yeah. to reach out to you and contact you and I. I think that can really help maybe um, motivate some of that thought process. So, yeah. Okay, I want to go to um, what's next for you. So, so I, I, I kind of have this feeling. I kind of have this sense about me that you know you've been in this for quite a few years, and you've kind of you know quite a few years ago after that phone call that she's doing a million dollar business, you had some hope. I feel like you've probably really been hustling. Things have been growing. But then the question is, what's next? Like, where do you feel yourself going moving forward? Yeah, 2019, last year, uh, I may, I had this epiphany. And the epiphany was that I've been in the shadows for too long. Mm -hmm. So I've been behind the scenes working with clients. Um, okay, stop for a second, man. <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but I have to tell you this. I have to yeah. tell you this. So last week, we recorded the episode with my friend Kylie talking about liking yourself. And she talked yeah. about doing shadow work. Not kidding. The day before that, I'm talking to a friend of mine, and he randomly mentions doing shadow work. And now you're talking about stepping out of the shadows. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is, yeah. there's little yeah. pinpoints in life like that, that you're like, okay, I need to go down that trail. Sorry, continue. This right. is just yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, I think for me at that point, I was in business, what, 13 years, I guess. Yeah. 13 years. And I think I had, of course, known and kept hearing about how great I was. Right. Yeah. But, um, still feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working with great clients and I love the clients I'm working with, but is there in a whole nother world out there that, that I haven't experienced yeah. yet? Um, and so the next step for me is a couple things. I think it's for sure. Well, right now I'm in the process of writing a book, a book on my process of storytelling, what I call dramatic demonstration of proof. 
um, how do you go from just telling your story to showing your story? Even if you never hire me, but how do you do that and do it in a way like we talk about being human and do it in a way that isn't, it's not about the structure, it's just knowing what to look for. Love that. Um, and that's what I have in the book. Uh, I have used this outline for myself, like dramatic demonstration, which are five different uh, uh, demonstrations, basically. Um, behind the scenes, live illustration, social proof, transformation, and unique mechanism. Um, and I've looked for those things in each of my clients, but that's the book that I'm writing about, writing how to tell these stories, how to be more more human. Um, it's also the behind the scenes of how I've uh, produced three different projects. Um, and so that's step one, but then step two is then taking that and then running with it. And I haven't um, decided if I will create a course from that, but I know for sure, like I want to, I only work with five clients a year. Mm as far as producing documentary projects. But I want to open myself up to, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, helping other people just just understand how to even get started Mm -hmm. with this. Mm -hmm. It's not about hiring me. It's not about that at all. Um, Because I love the fact that I only work with five clients a year. I love that I get to go that deep. But I do think that more people need to understand how do you get away from structure? How do you get away from this is the way it has to be done and just be human? And I think it's, it's like I talked about being behind the scenes. It's transformation. Um, with Tracy Lynn's documentary series, it's an entire, it's a six-part series, but you're seeing her from the very beginning in episode one talking about being afraid to start a new brand mm-hmm. to in episode six being talking about her legacy and how you know, she wants to be able to, like when people talk about Oprah or when they talk about Madam C.J. Walker, they talk about Tracy Lynn. Yeah. And so... Nonetheless, it's that. Writing the book, that's what I'm focused on entirely right now. Aside from podcasting, which is also allowing me to get my story out as well. But um, writing the book, podcasting, speaking on stage, once we get back to that part of life. Um, And, yeah, just being able to help understand, help other people understand the power of storytelling, help other people understand how to bring that to life. Because I think there's power in storytelling. But there's also power in seeing other people's stories, yes, seeing it. Yes, 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 yes. Because hearing something, yeah. hearing something said a thousand times is is not as convincing as seeing it once. Right. 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 We see, you know, all these different stories. Like we're talking about Michael Jordan. We talked about that earlier, and seeing the Last Dance and seeing his journey. Um, I think it will inspire people mm-hmm. the same way it did with Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and his story and his life and how that's inspired so many people even in his passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Don Shula just passed away today. Mm-hmm. The uh, I, I'm from South Florida, so yeah. it's, it's definitely big news for us down here. But he, he is um, the only coach that was able to take the Miami Dolphins and make them undefeated yep. at a certain point in time. So it's like, but we know those stories. We, we get to see those documentaries. We get to see the behind the scenes of all of that. And that's what inspires us. I want to make sure more of those stories get out. And that's what I'm doing through Dramatic Demonstration, the book. Um, being able to, to help people understand the psychology of visuals, mm-hmm. the psychology mm-hmm. of stories, mm-hmm. and then how do you marry that mm-hmm. to help inspire and um, empower other people? Yeah, let's talk about multiplicity, right? So the idea that you're, you're giving business people the power and permission to be human, to share that. If we can scale that to the yeah. everyday person, that can now read your book, hear that message, put it into practice. Right. Now all of a sudden we've multiplied the effect and we've gone, hey, this isn't just about marketing and business owners. This is about you achieving your dreams. This is about you putting things into practice and and being a witness to others who can then be empowered to do the same. I mean, really, we're talking about the function of humanity, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, us giving each other hope, us giving each other dreams, us giving each other permission. And that, that is where the sacred, what I call the sacred work lies. Yeah. Is when we can scale that and go, no, no, no. I have a saying that I, I try and say it as much as possible. We need every human's dream and passion to come to life. Mm -hmm. We need that. And that's really what you're offering permission to do. Ah, yeah, I love that, yeah. man. I yeah, love that. Yeah, and specifically that. offering that permission. I think uh, you mentioned it earlier. It's been missing in business. Mm-hmm. It's been missing in marketing. Um, yeah. And while the book will have a business and marketing foundation, it will also go into, like you talk about hope and sharing some of my own story, my own journey. But we've been missing so much of that. And I think 
I primarily, I'm a little biased because I primarily work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Right. So I get to see it each and every day and I get to see how the work that they're doing behind the scenes truly does transform someone's life beyond the service or the product that they sell. Mm-hmm. The, product, the service or the product is just, is just that. It's just a byproduct yeah. of, of living life. Yes. But, the, but the human being, the leader, the CEO that is at the top who is inspiring these people are truly transforming them not through that service of product they're transforming them through who they are as a human being and empowering that other person and that's i think when we talk about even uh, i can't remember his name now because I, I have a lot of thoughts as you're saying this <laughs> there's a guy that the guy that uh, co-founder of salesforce he just wrote a book oh, about this yeah, yeah, about yeah. how how business should be the i forget how he phrases it but i'm going to rephrase it where business should be the foundation for um change yes it should be Yes, we're going to get in business and make money, and but when we do that, to have a bigger purpose, and that purpose is being able to change humanity. And, and so I'll take some of that same context. I haven't re- read his book yet. I saw the title, and I was like, this is powerful. Um, but it's somewhat of the same context, how we're looking at business and, and looking at it bigger than just let's make more money, which is obviously the goal, sure, but how do we change people's lives as we make more money? How do we take this money that we're making to be able to reach more people so that lives are changed. So, yeah. Well, c- consumerism and making money is a result mm-hmm. of relationships, trust, because you can go and start a business and not have any relationships and hustle your right. way to making money, but you yeah. will plateau. What's going to take yeah. that even further and be a greater result is the humanity of it. And that's just universal truth. I mean, it's just... When you treat people the right way, when you share your story, when you're vulnerable, people respond to that. And if you so happen to be in business, it'll respond to sales and clients and consumerism. Um, Right. And so, you know, one of my favorite books on, quote, marketing, I use that term loosely, uh, is by Donald Miller, uh, Story Brand. Yeah. And I don't know if you know much about Donald Miller, but his I do. Yeah. So his history is very interesting. You know, he's one of the few in life that have been able to totally pivot platforms. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, you know, Blue Like Jazz was one of it, it still is one of my favorite inspirational books ever, which yeah. turned into a movie. And he wrote, you know, I think uh, something like Alone in the Desert or something. He had a couple mm-hmm. more inspirational books. All of a sudden, you don't hear from Donald Miller for a couple of years, and he comes out with Story Brand, and you're like, what in the? <laughs> Like, how did that happen? But to me, what's beautiful about Donald Miller is, I think because he began as a humanitarian, more spiritual stuff, he was able to slide that into corporate uh, storytelling. Right, yeah. And that's been a very interesting thing. And there's there's a couple other people out there that are kind kind of taking that turn as well. But that shows you the power of the path that you're walking and what's unfolding. So, I, hey, I'll be yeah. first in line to buy your book, man. That gets me really Thank excited. You. <laughs> really Thank excited. you. I really appreciate that. Now, I'll more than likely send you a book. You won't have to buy it, but I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think when uh, there's so much power in story, and again, I started as an eight-year-old kid just, yeah. just dreaming of what life could look like. Yeah. Um, but... I started this podcast by saying there's power in the story internally, but there's power externally, especially with what we're going through right now today. Um, The story that you tell yourself every day that you wake up in the morning, even though, yes, there's bad things happening outside, but you're still alive. You still have a purpose. You're still breathing. There's something different that you can do. Um, I lived, I, I've been, I was talking to a friend the other day and I mentioned that I lived through the 2008 recession. I just started my business in 2006. Um, and so, uh, part of those first five years was the 2008 recession. And, um, I remember what I took away from that is the one thing I didn't guard was my mind. Mm. And in this Mm. second wave of a possible Mm. recession, um, the one thing I've guarded the most is my mind, mm-hmm. is my mindset, what I'm thinking about. I still know what's happening. I still right. watch the news, right? Um, right? I don't watch it as much as many other people are probably watching it, but I still stay up to date with what's actually happening. Um, but I protect the way I think about those things. Yeah. Um, I've been working nonstop. Yes. I mean, I'm sitting yep. here doing a podcast with you, right? Yep. So yep. I think... Um, the power of story, you mentioned that Donald Miller and other people have kind of transitioned because 
because of that power of story. There's so much in the power of story that we just want to get that out to more people and be able to help them understand the power. Because if you can understand that power, you can truly, this is not hyperbole, you can truly change your life yes. if you understand the power of storytelling. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing to do it. It's, it. I love it. I love storytelling. I'm not sure. The one thing I've tried to go back to is try to think of, why? Why did I start as an eight-year-old kid writing stories? What was it about that? I don't know that I've figured it out yet, but I am grateful for the journey that I've taken so far. Uh, so I want to do, do three things, and we're going to start wrapping up the show. Uh, first of all, I want to respond to your why. It's in your DNA, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's who you are, and that's powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> I think if we could all get back to what's in our DNA naturally, which... Um, quite a few years ago, I started relating that back to what's called beginner's mind. Um, what you were passionate about as a kid in that innocence in that imagination, it tells a lot about who you are and, and really how that manifests into a career as an adult. Um, so I really like it when people get back to that. Well, what did you do at seven, eight, nine years old? Well, why aren't you still doing that? And the real response is because I was told not to, you know? And fortunately, you had someone, Miss Donnelly, who said, no, no, no. Yeah, keep going, man. So that's great. Um, what's uh, two more things real quick? What's one last word you want to have for our guest that, uh, that you would give them if you could think, think of something? Um, it, it's the one thing I always try to remind people. Which is, we talked about it, be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think we get lost in the social media era where certain things look perfect or polished or anything like that. And I, I just, we, we, I know reality and reality isn't polished. And so I think it's don't be afraid to be vulnerable. I have a post on my Instagram. I, before we started, I mentioned that I'm not exactly active on social media, (laughs) but I do have a post that I'm, I often go back to because it's, it's the one illustration of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I have a post, and I forget exactly what it says now, but it's a post of me and my girlfriend. Um, every year, I at the beginning of the year, I believe, I honor her, and I, I talk about our relationship. Mm-hmm. But there's this post specifically, I have a picture, and it's not the perfect picture. It's right. not like how you see relationships. And I made a point of that, and I said that, you know, you may see the perfect pictures or whatever, but... Our relationship has had ups and downs, yeah. but we're still together and we're still here and we are still very much in love. And I think that is a very important point that while we have the perfect highlights of life, we yes. should also be willing to highlight some of the bad because we know it is happening and it can help someone else in their journey and their story. Yeah. And understanding that there are ups and downs, our pictures, you may see some of it of us traveling and things like that, but this picture here, we weren't so happy. and. It's okay yeah. because we are still very much in love. And I think that is what I want to leave with is, is be vulnerable. Yeah. Be willing to share your story because you don't realize how it can change a person's life. It can may even save a person's life. Yes, yes, um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, I'll tag on to that thought. Fit number one, thank you. But this is also Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I think that ties into um, talking about saving someone's life. That can be your vulnerability could be the hope. Yeah, we talked about earlier. Okay, uh, we're going to end this way. It's a way I've started ending every podcast. Five questions. Sure. You can only use one word to answer them. Got it. So no, no breaking the rules here. I'm normally a rule breaker, but not to, not not in this segment. Okay. Uh, regarding books, do you prefer digital or paper? Digital. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. What's one guilty pleasure? Oh, that is a two word, but I'll, I'll, um, <laughs> white chocolate is what I was going to say. Okay. I'll but... give it to you. I'll give it to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. one thing you cannot live without. My iPad. Ah, okay. IPad, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite season of the year? Yeah, that's a tricky question. I live in South Florida. We don't really get oh, much. That's true. <laughs> You've got like one and a half seasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll say your I favorite, say, your, your favorite season winter, is though. Winter, what, yeah. yeah. I was oh, gonna say your, sorry. Oh, yeah. your favorite season is uh, South Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, even in fall, we only get the the lowest we'll go is probably sixty degrees. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, 
That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, hey, Jude, man, it's been miraculous. It's been amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, make sure you hang on for a second after we get done recording and you and I will catch up. Hey, brothers and sisters, I hope you have enjoyed another episode of the Mitch Gray Show. Such inspiration. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, Mitch Gray Media. Follow Jude on Instagram at Jude Charles, just like it sounds. And follow us, M Gray Media, G-R-A-Y Media. Uh, I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. And brothers and sisters, you have permission to tell your story, to live your story fully. And please do that. We need you. Have a great day, and we will talk to you next week.